our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we explore Urban Growler uh, in basically St. Paul, Minnesota. It's one of those places that I have issues. We'll talk about that in a little while. It's between Minneapolis and St. Paul. The whole <laughs> it's thing. in a place where you have issues. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, we're going to taste their beer and their food. We did some live stuff from there. It's going to be put in here. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And we're going to learn about the history of the first women-owned microbrewery in Minnesota. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. Man, that intro was a ride. That sounded good. That was. So what are we drinking? Because it's from uh, Urban Growler. Yeah, it is. Actually, this is a Crowler from Urban Growler. Ooh, I just really rhymes. wanted to say that because it's cool. So this is their take on a Kentucky Uncommon. We call it the Kentucky Uncommon. <laughs> well, okay, so there, there's a Kentucky Common. Okay. And the, their beer is, this one is called the Kentucky Uncommon. Okay. Because it's an uncommonly... It's it's an uncommonly con- Kentucky common. <laughs> Listen to that poor action. I spilled on my pants. <laughs> Good God. It didn't really. It's just a drip. Here's the best part. So this is part of our like impromptu beer crawl that we did a little while ago. I mean, this isn't, but... Well, the, the moment <laughs> you're listening to now, right now at this moment, is not part of it. But the episode uh, that we were basing this around was part of uh, our little impromptu bar crawl. And so this is going to be, I think, the eighth beer that I will have tasted from uh, Urban Growler in like a week um and well seven of them were all in one sitting and again for those of you keeping track at home while we're talking about this uh we tasted small amounts so be responsible if you're gonna go out and you're gonna taste and or drink a lot of alcoholic beverages have a sober ride get a lift get a cab get some other way to get take to your bus. destination yeah take the bus take the train whatever kind teleport. of public transport oh, if we could teleport defy the laws of physics <laughs> All right, I'm just going to pour a small amount here into my glass. I got my light side glass. That should be good enough for tasting. Yeah, just a second here. I'm handing so this the one big old looks... crowler right on back to Andrea. How many ounces is this is this crowler um, listed? It should be... So a normal crowler is either 32 or 26, depending on the manufacturer. I'm going to assume of the can. 32, and I might be wrong. Is there... It's 750 milliliters. Okay, that's the 32 then. Yeah. I think. I don't know. If my, if my guesstimates we'll are We'll look correct. it up in a minute. Yeah, anyway, we probably will. Um, so this is kind of a nice golden color, um, and a Kentucky Common should be kind of golden color. So Kentucky Common is just a wheat-style beer. Like, it is truly just a... Uh, a method for delivering delivering potable water to you. So the flavor profile on this should be pretty unremarkable. It should kind of have a little bit of that, like, uh, like when people try to make a Kentucky Common, they generally try to give you a little bit of that, like, bourbon, like a bourbon mm. aroma to it, a little bit of that sour mash to it without it yep. actually having the sour flavor. Yeah. Because if you put sour into your Kentucky Common, you did it wrong. Mm-hmm. The reason that people put, uh, and I've written an article in our blog about this before, and we've talked about it in the past. Um, the reason that people thought that sour was a f- kind of a flavor in Kentucky Common is because of spoilage. 
Oh. Um, because when the Kentucky Common was actually popular at the time, it was pre-pro- pre-prohibition. Yeah. So it wasn't kept sealed. It was just... Well, I mean, it wasn't... Well, they didn't have refrigeration. They didn't have refrigeration. So, like... Ice boxes weren't as right. consistent as modern refrigeration Yeah, is. I mean, they had refrigeration, but they didn't have, like, refrigeration the way we have it. Yeah. And so, like... And they didn't have control standards like we have today. So, like, really, when, you know, beer would go bad, it would sour. It would... So, whenever you get, like, a little bit of a sour flavor in your mm-hmm. beer, it wasn't because of, you know, the way the beer was prepared or the recipe. It was just mm-hmm. because the beer was off. Well, it's one of those things like I remember uh, I had conversations with like my father and a couple other older family members about, you know, you got skunky beer in the 70s because it wasn't like it wasn't sealed properly at the factory. So it went off while it was in the can. Yeah, exactly. And that has changed dramatically in the last 45 mm-hmm. years, 50 years. Yeah, it years. definitely has. God, it's been 50 years. Since God, this smells great. I like this one. Okay, here we go. I, I do smell the like the bourbon barrel situation here. I'm terrified. There actually now. is a little bit of that um, flavor to it as well. There's a little bit like smoky and like not smokiness, but um, a little bit of that like wood chip flavor to it. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. a little. You got a little bit of a lem going yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Uh, the okay. The uh, the front end. Uh, so we've been doing this now mm-hmm. uh, for several beers. I've been trying to keep the taste on the front of my tongue as long as possible before letting it pass over the right. back of my palate. Because then it hits your bitter receptors. Yeah, and then after it hits the bitter receptors, all bets are off. Um, I I <laughs> lead way far away from the microphone uh, for that one. Um, it. <sighs> I get the kind of bourbon barrel, like creamy caramelness mm-hmm. of it. Um, I get a lot of it on the nose because yeah. you know, like bourbon barrels are incredible things because they're very simple, mm-hmm. just oak casks basically. There's nice grassiness to it. Mm-hmm. There's it's an earthiness, um, but man, the evolution on this particular um, brew with my palate is not super great um and luckily we you know when we went to urban growler we talked with the bartenders um about what we do and how my reactions are going to be because there's nothing that i feel worse about than sitting in somebody's establishment and making the faces that that are very obvious that i'm not having Mm -hmm. a good moment um but it's i i commend those people for putting together what they do because they had and we'll get to it in a bit because we do a whole tasting that we'll, that we'll, you'll be listening well, you know to what? shortly let's just let you let's, let's just, just go into that it. and i'll talk about the rest of it in a minute yeah let's go to it all right here we are at urban growler uh in beautiful st paul minnesota right on the 280 line we're tasting their wonderful beer we're tasting a lot of their beer in fact uh, i'm about to taste their cowbell cream ale so we have it's a total got a of nice, six uh weedy kind of smell to it. Wheaty, not weedy. Yeah. The one thing, um, so I will note, my my nose is not working super well today. Um, inside the brewery, this is also the second brewery we've been to in the last, like, two hours. We were um, just at Bang. Yeah, we were just at Bang. And uh, so with the scent of brewing happening, my, my nostrils are kind of overloaded. Uh, so when I smell the cowbell, I really don't smell anything. This one's eminently quaffable. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. It's listed as highly drinkable, and I actually fully agree with that. Creamy. I've had this one before, though, so... This one, like, for my palate, and those of you who listen frequently know that my palate's not super happy with beer. Yeah, Aaron doesn't like beer. Um, it's still pleasant, and uh, and hasn't made me feel gross. Um, I actually, I do really like that. I don't think I could drink more than that taster, but I can probably finish that taster at some point. But we have a lot to get through in this sitting. Next up is the De Lovely Porter. Mm-hmm. That means that it is a actually based on the writings of Cole Porter. How does that taste, Andrea? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's um, it's actually got a little bit of like that kind of almost like it's not really like a coffee flavor, but it's sort of like a. I don't know what's going on. It's sort of got like that coffee flavor to it. Um, I don't know. It's it's not really like bitter. It's more like coffee grounds, though. Okay. Like, I'm smelling it. I did a little bit of coffee and chocolate, but again, my sniffer's not doing much for me today. It actually smells a little smoky, but it doesn't taste any mm. smoke. It does. It It's um, It's very deep in flavor, but it's not, like, heavy. It's kind of thick, but it's not, like... It's not like eating bread. Yeah, no. So I'm going to follow this one up by uh, spilling their Midwest IPA. This is probably where I'm not going to have the most okay, pleasant so time. On the nose, it's got more of like that, I don't know, almost, uh, I don't know how to describe it. But the flavor's good. Uh, the flavor is very, uh, it's very, very, like, kind of earthy, like, down to earth in terms of the hot flavor. And then it's got that nice, uh, malt finish to it. For an IPA that didn't hit my palate terribly. Well, it's because it's an English-style IPA rather mm-hmm. than a West Coast-style. So a West Coast lighter. Are, are very hot forward, whereas mm-hmm. this one is not. All right, I'm going to cleanse my palate. Yeah, I'm going to get some water in me as well. We're doing these rapid fire because we don't want to eat up too much time and space on our table. We ordered a lot of food. Yeah, because we haven't eaten a lot today. All right, so next up. The Plum Grisette. Now we're getting into their seasonals. Um, Plow to Pint series, Plum Grisette. This one's got a nice fruity smell to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think when they were describing it, they said that these are, like, smaller yellow plums. Mm. And not, like, the big kind of blue Mm. and red Mm -hmm. ones. So, uh, this one actually has, like, a Belgian flavor to it. Aaron probably won't like this one. Oh, yeah, wings! Yes! Love it! Perfect, thank you. You know, um... I'm gonna taste it again. It actually has a little bit of a yeasty flavor to it. It does. Like it's unfinished. It it does have a bit of a kind of a yeasty flavor to it. Um, it's, I don't know, like it, it's not, it's not making me cringe, uh, but it's like, it's kind of milky and it's not something that I can identify. We hit a tech issue at Urban Growler. Yeah, um, our mobile rig kind of just stopped recording there for a moment. So we had to pick it back up. Here we are with the Citrus Splash IPA. It's got a definite citrus nose. 
Oh, yeah. No, and a citrus heavy uh, flavor. Oh, I like this one, Aaron. You're going to hate it. I'm terrified of that. No, you're going to hate this one. It smells so good. Like, it smells like fresh citrus. I don't think and you're going to like this. And... I mean, I did just eat some fries, so let's see okay. if that affects my palate. I don't hate it. Well, yeah. It's not like. Oh, the back end. Okay. Alright. The back end isn't super pleasant for me, but okay. it is it's it's not something that I immediately cringed on. I've also drank a lot of beer now. Uh, this is like Yeah. So now we're we're real we're rounding this one out with a bourbon barrel uh, Imperial Porter. Uh, it's uh, kinda Oh wow. Is it because they when he was describing it, it was like super mm. thick and just something mm. you want to sip slowly, mm. and it's not so much something that you're gonna be chugging a lot. This of. is like something you would want to drop an ice cream glob into. It and is so chocolatey and make good. a beer float. Yes. Oh wow. It is really thick. Yeah. In like a really good way. I do actually, I really do like that. Yeah, I think you would. I don't know if I can drink more than like another two sips of that though before it starts. We're gonna put it back in the middle for right now. All right, I think we're gonna take a break and we're gonna eat some food. We're gonna eat some food and then come back. Nachos and wings and fries. And we'll recap what we ate. Absolutely. Guess what doesn't mix? Uh, Hot wings and um, microphones. Yeah, exactly. So we decided we were going to like kind of try and talk about it more while we were uh, at Urban Growler. Um, but we had very messy hands. Yeah. Because we had we had the wings. We had the yeah. fries. By the way, um, speaking of the wings, I do want to shout out Sam, yes. the bartender. Yes. Uh, he was uh, they. I didn't get pronouns. So we'll just say we'll say they um, were very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, and said that they brew that Urban Brawler, uh, their chef has started brining their wings in house with Mm -hmm. their beer Mm -hmm. Um, and true form like we tried their wings and like so there's a true test of a chicken wing Mm -hmm. Um, oh my gosh okay I completely interrupted you no I was just agreeing yeah okay so um, there's a true test of a chicken wing Um, and I forgot the name of the actual piece itself but the the two boned wing Yes. If you can eat that two-boned wing properly by basically shoving most of the whole thing in your mouth, if you are a big-mouthed mm-hmm. person, and, like, completely pull it out almost with just the bone. It's been cooked right. It's been cooked right. They, though, okay, here's the greatest part about those wings. They don't, they they give you sauce on the side. They do not put sauce on the wings. And sometimes I prefer a wing that is slathered in sauce. I don't have to dip. My fingers are going to be messy kind of anyways, regardless of what you're doing. But they do a house or they, they make an in-house honey mustard mm-hmm. that is delicious. So we got the honey mustard and some blue cheese. Sometimes we mixed, sometimes we didn't. Also, their fries are amazing. They really are. They're the, they, they taste like they're the twice fried version mm-hmm. of fries. So they have a really nice, like, crunchy exterior, mm-hmm. um, but a very soft, velvety, almost oh, mashed potato-like yeah. interior. And they're not too thick, and they're not too thin, and they're just right. And honestly, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> I go back. Um, they, they had, they also, we also got a taste of their in-house kombucha mm-hmm. um it is uh 
made by I, I can't remember Brennan Hall. Yes, I think that I, you would have the notes on that because they, they said that it was a person that had been making it on their own um, who was then allowed to start making it on premises. I really for apologize modeling. for the name. I scribbled this. I should have written it. With, it's okay. I will not scribble next time. It's okay. But it had a, it was blackberry and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I recommend it. It was good. If you like kombucha, mm-hmm. if you want to get your booch on. In case, um, like, in case I haven't mentioned it enough, the uh, cream soda that I had with that was made with the like the local wildflower honey that they make in house mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, it's one of the clearest cream sodas I've ever had. It was so delicious. I'm so happy I got it, and it was a great palate cleanser yeah. when I had the beer that I didn't find particularly pleasing because sometimes water doesn't always wash those flavors away from me. Um, but that yeah. that. Um, the cream soda was delicious. So there are a bunch of menu items that they recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Reuben, which I've had before, mm-hmm. great, totally some Reuben. Um, Southern fried chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a big hunk of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. They actually said that one um, is like they you get two meals out of it, um, if I remember correctly. Yep, exactly. Um, so, but we also we went with the nachos and the wings mainly because we were looking for stuff that we could split easily, yeah. easily, and, and it, where we could try more than one thing. Exactly. Um, and I'm really glad we and tried the nachos. Like, make sure you go to the website travelbyproxy.com because we have photos. Like, I took photos of all their mm-hmm. menus and stuff. You can we kind of see what's going on. We took a couple of photos on. of the food. Yeah, we've got we've got items that you can kind of feast your eyes on if you're not able to make it to Urban Growler quite yet. Um, but the yeah. one thing that I need and to talk it, about, they have non-alcoholic options for you. Oh, yeah, they do. They have uh, they have local craft sodas. They have. Uh, I mean, again, that 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 cream soda was delicious. Kombucha, and they have the kombucha, and they have um, they have a dessert that we were going to taste, and then we didn't have time or stomach space for. And the reason we didn't have the stomach space is the nachos. The nachos had such a delicious beer cheese sauce on it that I literally want them to bottle it um, because my fat behind would probably start drinking that straight. I would take that home, Urban Growler. Yes. I would literally take that home and like reheat that for my own use. I would put it on everything that I make. Yeah, and it's just beer cheese sauce. Like it is it's good. It's it's more like because in the nachos, it's you know, you've got a mix of cheeses. I'm pretty sure there was a Monterey Jack and some mozzarella and some cheddar in there. So mm-hmm. it had uh, it had several different types of cheese that was melted yep. over it. Had had, jalapenos. We, we, we added the chicken to it because we wanted a protein. Right. Um there are um I think it's it's chicken steak, and I think there is a um, like a vegan mm-hmm. like protein option. Um, it's well, it's a vegetarian vegetarian, but it is option. a meat replacement protein option um, for those of you who want vegetarian options on mm-hmm. your nachos um, that aren't just beans. And it had black beans. It had chicken. It had um, I think there was chives in there. I yeah. know there was jalapenos in there. I think there was another type of pepper. Um, but the star of the nachos and what holds it together is the beer cheese sauce. And it's not 
it's when they put it on, it's not pervasive. It doesn't make all of the nachos mm-hmm. wet because their 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 chips are also like really robust. It's that crispy, and they, it's got the the seasoning on it mm-hmm. that um, adds a little bit of a kick to it. They're a little more airy, so they've got like, but they have a lot more solid structure to them. Mm-hmm. Even when you got down to the bottom of those nachos, and there was a lot there more was beer crunch. cheese down there, they were crunchy. They didn't fold over because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times when I make nachos at home with like you know a Totino's or Tostitos not Totino's um, but like a, a, a store-bought brand of tortilla chips um, if I put a sauce on like that like, which I've tried in the past they will get soggy and by the time you get to the bottom like you're just you need a fork to scoop up the like the soggy remnants of the chips those chips held up that sauce held up and every single bite was amazing and the other half the reason that we didn't record when we were doing food is we got our fingers so messy and we're just like we can't stop there is no stopping i don't want to touch the microphone i don't want to touch the tablet we're using to record with this like we need to keep eating and we just kept eating it was that good like and the wings were so delicious that the the mustard that we got the mustard the sauce, honey mustard the honey mustard yeah. um so normally when i get hot wings like when mm-hmm. i get wings i get like hot sauce i get i want to sweat i want to mm-hmm. feel burn when i eat hot wings mm-hmm. i saw that they made their they made a beer honey mustard sauce mm-hmm. like this was made with their beer and it's it's got because sometimes those that are mesophonic or, or me what when you get when you get honey mustard from a store um it's usually overly sweet yes like there is mustard in air quotes that is there for for and color more than anything and it's sweet but it's a tasty sauce and i love i love me some you know branded non-branded just aldi honey mustard i put it on wings i put it on stuff this honey mustard it had like cracked mustard seeds in it. Mm-hmm. It had depth of flavor. It was still sweet, but it had that like bite and tang of a good housemade mustard. Yeah. And it's honestly like it kind of boggles my mind that they were able to do all this when their focus is on brewing beer. <laughs> well, and speaking of their focus on brewing beer, um, Urban Growler. So I actually have I actually attended their launch. Not mm-hmm. their launch party, but like, like when they first opened, when they opened their doors, like when they laid their pre like launch stuff, they were doing a bunch of like events and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, my dad and I went because it, they have the distinction of being the first real like the first women owned microbrewery in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was founded by uh, master brewer Deb uh, Deb Locke, and uh, and I'm sorry for pronun- pronunciation. Pronunciation. I should have gotten that before we left. Um, and uh, co-head honcho Jill Pavlak. You can find all this on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they did is they really tried to make like a unique gathering experience for people. They tried to create, um, you know, a place where you could have good beer, good food, and good people. Um, you know, it's people who always said, like, I want to be, I want to open a brewery. Mm-hmm. And they kind of said, you know what? Let's do it. And they have. They they went all over they went all over the country. They visited, mm-hmm. you know, they they started looking at different places the ways to do it. Um, they actually used a lot of like in terms of like like some breweries when they open up, they do 
you know, their their investment, like their investment owned. Yeah, they, you know, you get venture capital money and well, not venture capital, but like you know, banks and like mm-hmm. loans and 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 there a lot and you know, I'm sure this one has some of that to to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But one of the cool parts about this and one of the neat things about the thing that like the thing that my dad and I did was um, they actually did a lot of their funding through people. So like not quite funding sites, but doing fundraising events with mm-hmm. with just people with in the, the community. In the community. Yeah. So like memberships, uh, merch, um, tours, like just saying this is what we're doing here. And this is our vision and this is how we're going to make it happen. Exactly. And since then, it's started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like we went in there on what a Thursday night? Mhm. And it was it wasn't packed to the gills. But it was still busy. It yeah. was very busy. It I'm I'm honestly like when we listen back to the audio we got there, I'm as an audio nerd very happy mm-hmm. with the quality we got cuz it was loud and pretty raucous and it you know, you don't get raucous well, at a brew pub all the time, but it was yeah. a lot of conversations all kind of blending in the air. And the thing that you have to understand, Aaron, um, mm-hmm. when when in terms of for that place to be packed, there has to be a lot of people there at because this point. it's not just the bar area that we were at. There's all the there's a couple different seating areas, so you can and there's go that like all hayloft the way around area. back. Yep. Like the, that building extends, you know, very far back. Mm-hmm. There's a hayloft above it. There's a patio outside. I mean, yeah, they have a huge. huge no, there, were, there was a lot of space. people there, and again, you know, the parking. There's a lot of available parking. Most of it's going to be street parking, but it's still. Good. Yeah, and it's it's not far. The only thing I would say, if you're going mm. there, just be careful when you cross the street to watch yes. for cars. Make sure they have seen you and you see them and that nothing bad happens. Because people, when they drive, can be blind spotted and, mm-hmm. and you know, miss things. Um, and when crossing streets, it's always very important to be mindful of your own safety. I will say that this is probably one of the more gorgeous, like... Oh, like, like the patio area is kind of pretty in the summer, even mm-hmm. like because it's in such a like, in, like it's in, OK. I have weird standards of outdoor beauty. Mm-hmm. That's OK. Um, I like I like abandoned, <laughs> abandoned porn. Yeah. Well, it's so like when we went to uh, Norseman and there was yeah. like the cracked window with all the weird like graffiti on it. And I was like, that's cool. Yep. I love that. Yep. Um. So. I, I this place isn't abandoned porn, but like their patio is is this cool like space with greenery and like well, like in the summertime and and like uh, March it, it's not so much yeah but but and it's welcoming and there's mm-hmm. it's usually a lot of people there and it's surrounded by urban decay like with like urban industrial decay yeah. like I mean it's active industrial but it's urban it's, industrial it's, decay it's old industrial buildings mm-hmm. that they probably need a couple like they need some patch jobs they need some coats of paint right so maybe some mason work and so to me it looks so pretty mm-hmm. well and it's because <laughs> it's also right next to bang and bang has their like patio filled with local wildflowers and uh you know kind of their this a similar situation um you cannot see Bang's patio from Urban Growler's patio because they're on the same side of the buildings, which means that Urban Growler is entirely between you and your view of Bang's patio while you're on Urban Growler's patio. Wow, I just said patio so many times that it suddenly became really somewhat... It's like patio, 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 <laughs> patio, 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 patio. Goodness. Patio. Anyway, um, 
But no, it's like the facility is gorgeous. I love the bar. I do too. It, uh, and some people are not the belly up to the bar kind of people because you. I am. You, you ha- we are, um, which is why when we go to these places, but we always sit at the bar. Some people but, have like motion issues or um, they need access. Like well, and sometimes you also want to be a little bit away from all of the busy because mm-hmm. sometimes, especially on a busy night, when you're in an area, if there's a chair between you and another group. If there's a chair between you and another group, someone will come and stand there. Yeah. And they will just be kind of in your personal space while they try to get yeah, the attention of the bartender. Uh-huh. And so times like that, maybe you don't want to be at the bar. I get I'm that. usually fine with that because we talk to everybody when they come yeah, through. Yeah, you and I are social creatures at bars. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, we could sit here and probably talk about Urban Growler for another 45 minutes. Because it was amazing. I could probably talk about the beer cheese for another two hours. We probably could. Do you have a place that has amazing beer cheese? Because we want to visit it. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can send us those tips. Fans at travelbyproxy.com. Or you can leave a photo. Fo- Facebook posts you can you can leave a photo on Facebook you can you can tag us on Instagram but you know what the travel by proxy theme is good day by Alex copyright 2012 and our closing music is now we're talking by Jarris copyright 2015 both are licensed under a creative commons attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org thank you very much for listening to this week's episode we hope you enjoy it and we wish you I'll look out your window. I was drinking too much beer. That's okay. Wait for it. Bum, bum, bum. Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces, all the people that you love.